Blog Talk Radio.
Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. That was Crying Shame by the Teskey Brothers. This is Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with my co-host, the one and only Ian Bush, and our guest, Christopher Plain, the music god. And I played that song specifically for a reason, and Chris will know (laughs) why. Welcome, Chris. Glad to have you with us tonight. Yeah, you had to hit me with that right out of the gate, didn't you? Well, <laughs> not for the reason you think, but because you're the reason that the Teskey Brothers came. I played their music a lot because yeah. they are just absolutely fantastic. And I don't know how much yeah. you have listened to the Teskey Brothers, but when they first came out, Chris sent me a video of these guys, and they are out of Australia. And if I was not looking at the video, I would swear up and down they were on Bourbon Street in New Orleans because they can yeah. sing blues just like the old blues singers. Well, that's what I told well, you. That's why Chris is the music guy because he knows where where the talent where the talent's hidden. Right. You know. Exactly. That's that's what I told you because I I uh, when I first heard that song, that was my first instinct was these guys are from Beale Street or the Mississippi Delta somewhere down around there you know and uh when I looked them up and seen they were from the outback in Australia Mac I I was like man there's no way that four white boys from the outback are like just putting us to shame over here and uh I had to send it to you man it was like you know it's just one of them you got to see it to believe it, type of band. You know? Well, I thought I thought I was listening to Roy Orbison or to yeah. um, even even Elvis Righteous in Brothers. his early the Righteous yeah. Brothers, mm-hmm. even Elvis yeah. in his Elvis. early years. Yeah, yeah, because mm-hmm. they they just they are so smooth. Yeah, they, they mm-hmm. don't sound Australian, not one bit. I mean, they like no, there's no way in hell anyone can tell me the first time hearing them. That your your brain goes, yeah, oh, they're from Australia, you know. It's no way. There's just, you know. Um, so so it's one know, of them cool when, Sorry, Chris, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. You. Go ahead. Yesterday when we were um, when Yvonne and I were talking, that was actually something that I um, brought up that I really admired about you that um, you don't just listen to the music on face value. I mean, you, you dig into it. It's almost like a research project for you. You find out where they're from, their upbringing, um, you know, how they came about as a band, what their, their reasoning was for the music. So, you know, I I don't want to put the uh, cart before the horse, but I kind of want to ask what, what brought you to this, uh, passion of yours what what made you want to dig deeper than just on the surface value because you know in the age of technology we still don't uh utilize technology as much as we should you know it's amazing how many people i have to tell hey if you want to find the answer maybe you should google it oh yeah yeah you know what what made you turn into the music guy it's it's kind of a it is kind of a a funny story but it's kind of a a simple story man might my dad's been a truck driver for 51 years. Um, this is his, this is 51 years this year for him. And uh, his my mom and him got divorced when I was two. Uh, he got custody, and we basically lived in his Peterbilt on the road 
just going from place to place as, as you know, over the road drivers and, and, uh, you know, this was the early seventies. So this was before laptops, cell phones, any of that kind of technology. So, um, I had books and I had music to entertain. Was there something called an encyclopedia or something like that? I don't know. I'm too young well, to know yeah. all that. There was, I mean, there was, something but called... I didn't have those, you know, what I had, what I had and any, any vinyl will remember this is, you know, back in the day, records, cassette tapes, even some eight tracks, they had all the information that they you did. wanted about the record. You know, where it was recorded, who recorded it, when it was recorded. They had the lyrics. They had, you know, old records, LPs. The artwork was a story into itself. You know, if you look at a a Pink Floyd, a vinyl record, or an old Jethro Tull, there were things in that artwork that went far beyond just the music itself. So it just gave me goosebumps because I got the Stormwatch vinyl staring me in the face with them binoculars with the lightning in the in the distance just yeah. as you said Jethro Tall and yeah, I know exactly it, what you're getting at yeah like I would spend hours in that truck with nothing to do other than read the liner notes of those old records and, and things that's why I can tell you um, uh, Nine Lives by Bob Seger was recorded on April 26 1978 it was recorded in Ypsilanti Michigan at Sonic Boom uh, Studios, it was recorded by Bob Barlett and and uh, Steve Chavasi. All this stupid, useless information that you know nobody should even remember. Um, and the name kind of come from a teacher. Once I did start school, I think I was about fifth grade, fifth or sixth grade, and uh, one of the teachers made a comment about a Steve Miller record, and I told her she was wrong. That is not uh, – she mentioned one of the songs. I think it was Jungle Love, if I remember correctly. And uh, she was telling a story about it, and I was like, you're wrong. That's not what it was about. And she goes, oh, no, you're wrong. So I next day I, you know, I brought the paper to prove her wrong. And she said, well, aren't you just a little music god? And it stuck with me. <laughs> That's what all my friends called me after that because um, I was when I went to California to live with my mom for the first time was right around the time that hair metal kind of broke and it was a whole new world. A kid who grew up on country and Southern rock and trucker music was suddenly introduced to quiet riot and Grim Reaper and shark Island and uh, early Motley crew and all these bands that were getting ready to explode onto the scene. And I would sit in front of the stereo with cassette tapes like we did back in the day and you'd wait for that perfect moment and bam you'd record then you'd have to that perfect moment where you had to stop it you know for the dj come back on and uh after about three or four months i left california and come back to michigan with a giant rolling suitcase that didn't have a stitch of clothing in it it was filled (laughs) with cassettes that i had recorded of all of these bands bands that nobody in michigan had heard yet because hair metal or the sunset strip had not made its way to the midwest yet and i introduced all my friends back home to quiet riot to Def leopard to uh you know metal health and shout at the devil and i caused this massive uproar 
in town because I was this kid who was introducing all the kids to this satanic music, all this evil, hard music that uh, they had never been exposed to. Um, you know, most of them grew up listening. I mean, brothers and sisters, you know, they had Bob Seger, they had Nugent and Journey and that kind of stuff. But they didn't have the heavy stuff yet. And, uh, you know, I brought back ACDC and Judas Priest and all of these bands, and it kind of snowballed from there. So I, to this day, I'm still kind of a legend <laughs> where I grew up <laughs> that, you know, I was I was the one who corrupted most of the people my age. So It was just a matter of time before they got corrupted anyway. Well, right. But, you know, I mean, a lot of them, when I come back, I kind of – there's this funny story that they would tell. And one of the things my school used to do is twice a year, they used to have this talent show type of thing. And essentially everybody would lip sync to their favorite song. And that particular year that I come back after 314 renditions of Billy Jean thriller and purple rain by Prince, Everybody in the, the audience were basically yawning, except me, Mike, Pete, and and Billy Strong decided we were going to do Metal Health by Quiet Riot. So the music kicked on, and everybody was just kind of shocked because they were so used to Top 40, they didn't know what the hell was going on, and we had the wigs. Well, yeah, they were, they were loved by Purple Rain for how long. You finally broke them yeah. out of that, you know, you know trance well, of... <laughs> Yeah, so we had, you know, we had wood top. We had made, like, little, and they weren't fake guitars, but they weren't, like, real guitars either. I mean, they were shaped like real guitars, but they didn't have the stuff in it to actually use as real guitars. Um, but we had created our own our own little instruments in chop class, and we had the wigs and the spandex, and the, we, we went full on, you know, and uh, people loved it, you know, and uh, after that, it was like, hell yeah, you know, it was just full-on rock and roll. And, um, you know, I never stopped liking Blackfoot or Hank Sr. or Farron Young or any of the stuff I grew up on. It was just one more avenue, you know. And then from there, you know, I got into punk. I got into hip-hop. I got into reggae. I got into blues. And and now I've got like 1.4 million songs on my hard drive, on my computer hard drives. You know, so <laughs> again, it's a ladies and gentlemen. He that. he has probably more songs than all of the radio stations in the entire world. I I don't know if I'd go that far, but I mean, any one individual radio station, I'll guarantee you, I I would blow away. Like I I created radio shows for stations, college stations, and and stuff like that, and never gotten credit. For them. Um, you know, I'm glad that you brought that up because I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I know you're you're just pumping out work lately, man. I'm really impressed. You have another uh, radio show going on now, right? Or was that a little bit in the past? <clears throat> I have uh, I've well, I have one current podcast. I got I kind of got out of live radio. Live radio is uh, it's fun. <laughs> But um, 
kind of an ungrateful thing. Uh, not a lot of people listen in live. And, uh, you know, it's a time-consuming thing. And when you're creating playlists and creating interviews and creating content, and uh, it's a full-time job that you don't get paid for. And uh, unfortunately, you know, my kids demand to eat. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I kind of had to – I didn't have to, but I transitioned to podcasting because – Podcasting is hot. There's a lot of people that want to uh, work with you as far as affiliate marketing and, and sponsorships and things like that. And, um, you know, I I got into it just to see how it went. And after about six days, uh, I had more listeners on the podcast uh, than I'd had in about the past eight months of my live shows. So I thought, you know, maybe I made the right choice. So uh, I have the first podcast uh, called The Noise Report that is uh, current. Um, it's kind of on hiatus right now because of all the personal turmoil in my life. But um, once I'm back to full force, I have that. And then I have a second one that is ready to debut um, that isn't really going to be as music-oriented. It's going to be more fun. Um, but uh, it's still going to include music. Uh, but it's gonna, uh, it's called the, it's gonna be called the Ish List, and um, it's just gonna be top ten lists of very random stuff, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. we have all kinds of guests come on, and we're gonna talk about their top tens of whatever I throw at them. So, you know, it could be top ten slasher films, it could be, uh, you know, top ten. 80 sex rock movies. It could be uh, <laughs> top 10 guitar players of all time. Could be uh, top 10 worst Christmas gifts you could give somebody. Um, you know, it's just going to depend on who the person is coming on. And uh, we're going to laugh. We're going to have fun with it. And uh, the comedic side of me will come out much more than in the music stuff. So. Um, well, I'm glad you brought that up, too, because Yvonne and I were talking about how, you know, even going through adversity, and I, I don't I don't um, really want you to share what that is unless you feel comfortable, but I know for me personally, um, lately I've been going through a lot of adversity, and it was just the right time, right place that, you know, Chain was coming back, and Yvonne said, hey, dust off that phone, time to go live <laughs> yeah. again, and I didn't know if I was ready for it, but I tell you what, man, I mean, everything happens for a reason, and I'm glad that you're using your adversity for something positive instead of something negative, because I see too many people who get um, swallowed up by their circumstances, and you got to have people around you, brother, that uh, build you up and tell you to dust dust off that microphone, and that's why I'm really glad that all three of us are on this show tonight, because we've all been through a little bit of Helen back and they threw us in the wolf pit, but we came out wearing that wolf pelt cloak, you know? So you're going to do it, man. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to yeah, kill I mean, it. I know yeah. you're going to do it. At the end of the day, man, kind of knew the divorce was coming. It's really, I, I tried to keep it low key just cause I don't want to get, I don't like, how do I put this nicely? Um, I don't let people in on all my personal life. Um, but you know, it's marriage. Things happen and people grow apart. And after 12 years, we had hit a point where 
look, we were either going to get marriage counseling and this is going to work, or we were going to implode. And uh, she refused pretty much outright to get any kind of counseling or the help she needed. And mm-hmm. me, I'm a tough old dude. Like, I'm 50 years old. I've lived in 47 states. I've lived in 16 countries. I've been in the military. I'm the son of a truck driver. I grew up on a farm. I've been through foster care. I've been through the military. You know, I mean, I, I my mentally, I've been through a lot of stuff that has tempered me for this. <laughs> and really at the end of the day right now, the only thing that matters to me is my son. So, and I told her, you know, when this started going down, like, look, if you want a divorce, I'll give you a divorce. I don't care about that. You have everything in the house. It's material stuff. I can replace it all. But you're not going to drag, you're not going to drag our child through this, mm-hmm. you know, gauntlet of stuff that you're trying to do. I mean, what she wanted, <laughs> she wanted to essentially, well, I'm going to get a storage unit, and over the next couple weeks, I will move our stuff out and find a new place to go while still living here. And I was like, it don't work that way. If you want out, go. You're not going to watch your child suffer as you disappear a little piece at a time every day. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, you're not doing that to him. And I just I outright refused, and it blew up. And then she made this batshit crazy allegation, which nobody believed, <laughs> you know, because anybody who knows me knows I'm a lot of things, but I'm not that. And, you know, nothing has come of it. And now she realizes, now she's starting to stalk my social media because I think she's realizing I screwed up. <laughs> you know, um, and now I'm suffering the consequences of it, and she wants to backpedal, but she doesn't know how because she made this, you know, serious allegation. And by backpedaling, she realizes that, oops, I made a false felony allegation. And if I try to go now and say, I lied, <laughs> she's going to get arrested, you know. <laughs> And she painted herself into a corner. When I left, when I got forced out of the house, I took all the air conditioners. I turned the internet off. You know, and people, well, you're being petty. Well, no, look, this is my house. You forced me out of my house on a false allegation and a PPO. If you think you're going to live in my house with all the luxuries of that house, you're wrong. (laughs) She's sitting in a big house with no internet and probably 90-degree weather, you know, and she's probably sweltering, bored out of her mind, and, hey, tough luck. That's, you know, those are the breaks. So I'm not, I'm not mad about it, bro. I'm really not. I'm, I'm not, you know, I, I'm not mad. I don't want revenge. I just want her out of my house so I can have my house back and I can have my studio back. I can get back to doing what I do, you know? Um, and and yeah. that, that brings me back full circle to something else that Ian and I were talking about last night. I don't know if he told you this or not, but the the first night that he co-hosted with me and you were on and you were um, 
talking about all of the the wisdom that you have in the music world. He was going. Now he's just throwing this stuff out here. Well, when he went and and did his research, he went. Oops, he wasn't just throwing this stuff out here. He knows no. this stuff. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't just throw it out there. Trust me. I. I mean, I got opinions. Like one of my, one of the opinions that I could catch the most shit over. I do not like Eminem. You've probably seen it <laughs> and witnessed yes, it. Yes, on many I, occasions. I, I, I am not an Eminem disciple. I never have been. I never will be. I know the guy personally. He is a product of being in the right place at the right time and the right person hearing him. I worked in a record store when he first started. We couldn't give his records away. He would come in when he first did Infinite. Was his first record. We put those stupid things on the shelf, and they sat there. We couldn't give those stupid things away. Well, then you know, well, Mr. Battle Rap does this thing, and Dr. Dre hears it, he blows up, and whatever. Like I, I'm just, I'm not a fan. So I have my opinions. That doesn't make me right or wrong. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, <laughs> if I say. You know, if I give you a date on something, 99.5% of the time I'm going to be either dead on or I'm going to be within a few days. You know, I might say April 24th and it was April 27th. Uh, But I'll remember it's April and I'll remember what year it is. Um, I don't know. I just, music has saved my life in so many ways. Um, At my darkest, at my lowest points in life, that's what I've had. You know, so when I was in the military and just getting, I mean, you understand being in the military, when you're going through basic training and you're just getting that beat down, (laughs) (laughs) it's those songs in your head, you know, those old Bob Seger songs or those old, you know, whatever songs, those old Conway Twitty songs that you hum them in your head and you kind of kill that noise just a little bit. You know, so um, let me let me ask you this, Chris. What was the new music that you popped up on your page today? Um, you know, I don't even remember to be honest. <laughs> I've been okay. so busy today. Um, I'm trying to think. What what the hell did I post? Um, why man, I'll pull it up. You got three yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Yvonne doing what she does best. Exactly. <laughs> she is a hunter. Like, do not been, do not underestimate. I've been her. running all day, so I don't even remember what I posted. To be honest, I. Uh, it is uh, um, the pride. The who? The pride. The infinite staircase. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Oh, that was uh, is my friend, my friend Lenny, uh, Leonard Savozzi, the one who replied to it. Uh, that is, well, that was his band a while back. Him and his brother, um, he had a band called the Infinite Staircase, and uh, the, there was a single called The Pride. And um, about probably about a year, eight months to a year after that, uh, his mother was diagnosed with ALS, mm. and he had to take about a year, year and nine months off uh, his mother to take care of his mother through it all. And she eventually passed. And uh, 
they he has a new band now called Lenny. It was just L E N N E. It's pronounced Lenny, but yeah, there was a Um, but um, he has a new band, and uh, they're getting back to what they're doing. It's essentially most of the same guys from Infinite Staircase, and uh, really great band. Uh, if you like Seven Dust or uh, Candlebox, um, any of that kind of stuff, then you're gonna love him. He's a super nice guy. Uh, and, uh, it was weird. I interviewed him. Uh, if you go to my current podcast, um, the interview is there. And, uh, after interviewing him on the new project, it kind of popped up and I was like, okay, that's funny that that popped up very shortly after I interviewed you. So we are being, um, we, we, you do know that the, um, NSA watches us all. So big brother's always out there. That's okay. I don't care. So let me ask you this: <laughs> Since you know this young man, he's putting his his self back together. Would he come on this show? Oh sure! Oh yeah, Lenny's a Lenny's a super nice guy. Uh, um, he uh, super uh, super nice to, guy. He, you need to hook us up so I can get yeah, him on this just, show. Uh, yeah, that's absolutely. It's not a problem at all. Yeah, Lenny. Uh, you know, he's a super nice guy, very down to earth, and. Uh, uh, works works with quite a few. He works with all. He works with uh, uh, Morgan Rose, the drummer for Seven Dust, uh, is on the new project. Uh, Kevin Martin from Candlebox is on a new project. Um, the one of the guitar players from Black Label Society with Zach Wild uh, is also on his new project. So, um, you know, he's not famous yet, but he's got a lot of famous guys that are sort of. But he he will be. We were talking about this last night. All of the, you Mm -hmm. remember the the music artists that I sent to you from Michael Stover. And when they were on the show, I told him, I said, you all are going to be up in the top 100 one of these days. Just sit back and wait. Well, without without doubt, uh, Richard Lynch and Matt Weston and Jimmy Lee Thurston. They all are out there in the top 100 and winning awards. And I told Ian last night, I firmly believe that between our two shows, mine and yours, that we kind of help them on their way because we're heard all over the world. And you don't get that kind of exposure on regular radio. Yeah. You know, it's so funny about Jamie Lee Thurston that I've been a fan of his for when I sent you that off the chain song, mm-hmm. it was funny. Like that was his, I think like third or fourth record. I've yep. been a fan of Jamie since his first record. So when he pumped that record out, I was like, Oh, Jamie's got a new record, you know, and let me, uh, let me check it out. And as I'm going through the songs, that song come on. And I was, I laughed cause I was like, Oh man, gotta send this to Yvonne. This is just too <laughs> great of, you know, and it, and not that it was not just that he wrote a song with that title, but if you listen to the words, it really does just fit you so perfectly well. Like it was almost like he knew you when he wrote it. Um, Maybe he's he such does. a nice guy. He you know, is a nice, such a nice guy. guy that, you know, yeah. So. And he, he he interviews so well. You know, he's from Vermont originally, so um, that was the other thing I thought was funny is. You don't, you don't really hear of country stars from Vermont that often. No, so, um, you don't. You know, so uh, 
That would be more of Bing Crosby or a or a um, yeah. Frank Sinatra group. Yeah. So uh, Matt, Matt is another one that you know we've both interviewed, and Matt is a phenomenal, phenomenal musician. And unfortunately, you know, he lost his father. And yes, he did. Kind of. Uh, you know, there's. I, I guess there's that that adversity of losing a parent. Um, I I've never had to deal with it. Um, so I don't know, but, uh, you know, I know these guys have taken that pain and turned it into really incredible art, uh, as far as music. So, well, um, and God bless the three, <laughs> the three of us have talked before songs are really just stories to music, right? Ian. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. And when when I the three of us as writers and as music aficionados understand that when there a moment happens in one's life, whether it's one of happiness, indifference, pain, sorrow, grief, whatever, that sometimes we have to take our art and our craft and put those feelings down in order to deal with them. Yeah. I mean, some of the greatest songs ever have been based on, um, you know, um, I, a record I've been listening to a lot the past week. Uh, <laughs> everybody knows Rick Springfield. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah. Jesse's Girl and all of these amazing songs. Uh, but here about, I guess about 10 years ago or so, maybe a little longer, but uh, this record called um i think it's called i think it's called anger anger denier anger denial guilt hatred something along that line uh, he went through this horrific divorce and he channeled all of these you know really evil feelings he had towards his ex who did a real number and when the record come out everybody was like oh it's a new rick Sinfield record <laughs> what we as fans weren't expecting is this record was really super heavy and super dark for Rick. Like it was, you know, there was a lot of venom, a lot of anger in this record that you don't expect from a Rick Springfield. And, um, you know, it's one of the records that I didn't know Rick Springfield had it in him to write a song that was so heavy and so dark and so um, angry. You know, and uh, it's it's an amazing record. I, one of my favorites by him. But, again, you know, it's not one you're going to hear every single time from him. So, um, it was just, I've been listening to it a lot lately because I could really, really relate to it right now. Um, and, uh, you know, Blue October is another one that I've been listening to a lot because, you know, Justin is such a, such a brilliant songwriter. I mean, if you've never listened up to October, um, Justin, the, the lead singer, has gone from mm-hmm. where he started, being uh, a bipolar, drug-addicted, uh, horrible husband <laughs> who um, got so low during his first divorce that he had a mental breakdown in the Minneapolis airport. And his parents had to fly from Houston to get him, essentially, to where 
He is now drug-free for a number of years, alcohol-free, on his medicine, and is the happiest, most joyful being you will ever hear. And he's doing songs now, like the song Home. And uh, it'll bring tears to your eyes that um, if you don't believe a person can absolutely transform themselves, Look up Justin Furstenfeld of Blue October. That's all I got to say. Uh, the guy is, he's an absolute inspiration, you know. So um, that's why I, why I wear their logo as a tattoo on my hand. Because um, when I get to that point, when I get to that low point, I can look at that tattoo and I know that's my, you know, that's my, that's my sign to step back and reevaluate and, and, uh, Rethink <laughs> where I'm at. Um, and Ann, w- wouldn't you agree, Ian, that that there's times in all of our lives when we've been at that at that point where we wonder, why am I even here anymore? <laughs> you know, I was actually going to bring that up. That uh, oh, get out of my powerful... head. <laughs> no, right. That's why I'm your co-host. I have to be there. Duh. Well, then it's crowded. <laughs> it is. There's a lot of voices, Yvonne. We need to talk about this. Um, you know, the the powerful thing about music for me <clears throat> is that uh, I can listen to a song or an album and without any other people knowing what's happening to me, transform into the person and the thing and the experiences I was experiencing when I heard that album. Right, and I think both of you can agree with that. I know. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. When uh, I was growing up, one of my favorite, you know, we already talked about Jethro Tull, so I'm not gonna, um, I'm not gonna bring that one up again. But uh, Pink Floyd, The Wall. I remember when I was yeah. growing up, just that very strong. Um, they're mad. They want to. They want to change the world. They want things to be different. You know. How can you have any pudding if you don't eat your meat? You know, like that that stuff. Right. It was so crazy to hear. Yeah. But that gets me right back into high school where I'm all like, yeah, like, you know, there are things that um I went through in my in my young adulthood and whatnot. But what got me through was listening to the wall and how, yeah. you know, you need to tear down the wall. And sometimes you need to build it back up, and you know sometimes you have nothing, sometimes you have everything. Um, right. You know, even to this day, my dad and I laugh at each other because we'll our favorite thing to do is you know like I got a little black book with my poems in it, <laughs> and we just go through like with just word, you know, Dad, all I got yeah. today is a bag, a toothbrush, and a comb. <laughs> right. <laughs> that shoots me back right to high school when I'm listening to these yeah. songs and, you know, um, I'm having all these emotions and feelings and um, just yeah. just trying to make it one more day, you know. And I think everybody has that one album that is kind yeah. of their album they lean on. And so yeah. I guess using my experience, what's what's the album that you lean on the most in life, which is hard because you have over, you know, one and a half million songs. So that's oh. you know, 24, carry the two, what, a couple 
um, couple million albums. You know, <laughs> I, I I have a couple. Uh, one, um, I, I'm still in the Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd is my favorite band of all time. Uh, again, pretty well documented. I think anybody who's ever looked at my page for more than a few minutes knows. Uh, from my previous station being called Final Cut Radio to um, my email, one of my emails being Floydian, Floydian Dreams. Um, I, I'm a massive Pink Floyd fan. Um, where a lot of people lean towards uh, The Wall and Dark Side of the Moon, um, the Final Cut is a record that I really kind of connect to. And um, there's something about that record that you know it's a continuation of the wall essentially the, the, a lot of people don't know that the final cuts are really a lot of songs and ideas that didn't quite make it on the wall but it's kind of a continuation of that storyline um but it's not quite as it's not quite as desperate it's not quite as dark um it's that period of i've gone through the darkest part and i've come out the other side so now i'm starting to see the the dawn a little bit um that is one record that has always stuck with me uh, another one uh, mainly for one song uh there's an artist named michael monroe who is the former lead singer of hanoi rocks um most people know hanoi rocks because it was the drummer of that band that vince neal killed in the car crash um but uh on Michael's first solo record, the second I heard the first single, which is called Dead Jail or Rock and Roll, I knew immediately. It was like lightning struck me. This was my song. This was my life story. You know, when I was a kid, all I wanted to be was the meanest man on the meanest machine, you know, headed the wrong way on a one-way street, never fit this society, you know. And all my life, people told me I had three choices, dead, jail, or rock and roll, dead, jail, or rock and roll. And that has literally been my life. I knew at 12 years old that I was either going to play rock and roll, I was going to be dead, or I was going to go to jail. Now, I've been in jail, and I've played rock and roll, so <laughs> I'm just waiting for the final cut, I guess. Um, but song-wise, Dead Jailer Rock and Roll. Record-wise, Final Cut is one. Uh, the first Mother Love, or the the, the 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 Mother Love Bone record that come out before Andrew died. Um, very, very personal to me. Um, the other one that has always been this weird record that most people laugh at me about, but the second air supply record i love air supply man and you know there's something about what those guys did that was just it's still kind of untouched in music um, that's true you know, that you, is very true yeah, when you listen to air supply you know making love out of nothing at all um even the nights are better all out of love yes it's cheesy pop you know, music, AOR music, whatever you want to call it, you know, middle of the road, adult, contemporary, whatever the term they use. But, man, those are classic, timeless songs. Those are songs that 
let me let me put it another way. Going back to Rick Springfield, including Huey Lewis, and then Air Supply. I challenge anyone, take any of those three bands, those three people, look up their greatest hits, and then play it. And tell me how many songs you do not know off of their greatest hits. I'll let you know right now you are going to know almost every single song without realizing you know almost every single song. Because they're all iconic and they're all because, classic. Yeah, we grew, because we grew up with them without realizing we grew up with them. Right. When I listen, when I listen to Huey Lewis, <clears throat> I seen Huey Lewis live probably about eight years ago. <clears throat> and when I was sitting there during his show, singing these songs word for word, I didn't even realize that I knew that many Huey Lewis songs. I'm over and here I thinking, remember, okay, I know. I remember when he when it was Huey Lewis in the news. Well, and it still is. It still is. But when I seen them. I'm over here thinking to myself, okay, I know Heart of Rock and Roll, I Need a New Drug, and The Power of Love. And then during the show, as they're going through their set list, I know every stinking song. And I was like, how the hell do I know 30-plus Huey Lewis songs? But I'm standing there, and I'm singing them. I haven't heard them in decades. But I'm singing right along to them, you know. Rick Springfield, another one. Go through Rick Springfield's greatest hits. You will know every single damn song on that record and not even realize that you still know this song 25, 30 years later. Air Supply is another one. And the I thing can listen is, to Air Supply. The thing is, Ian, if you pay attention to commercials, those three artists, songs in the you don't recognize it unless you grew up on it. <laughs> right. I've noticed that with some commercials of my generation too. Um, yeah. my, my, you know, Red Hot Chili Peppers and even some yeah. of the eighties and seventies music. Um, they were playing the, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. It's the turtles. So happy together, you know, so yep. happy together. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, what? Like, that's not made for a commercial. That's from a band. <laughs> Yvonne, <laughs> what's your, um, What's what's your uh, your go to? What 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 connection do you feel with an album oh, or or a band Bob or a song? Se- Bob Seger is always my go to. <laughs> and you you get along with my dad then. Well, the reason <laughs> is when you okay when you listen to his songs. Yep. They they not only tell a story, but they tell mm-hmm. a backstory. Uh, and he's another where, one. Yeah, the one where he talks about um, one more night. Just, just give me yeah. one more. I just got one more night to be on this stage. Just one more night, and then mm-hmm. he goes down the road and he says, "Just one more night." But he, yeah. he is, his backstory comes out in every one of his songs. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he's another one to, to join those three. Listen to Bob Seger's greatest hits again. You will know. Mm-hmm way more songs than you realize you know. And, you and the know. funny thing is they think that, like, for example, for Bob Seger, turn the page, oh, Metallica yeah. made that. No, Metallica no. did that. 
<laughs> that was right. a Bob Seger because that 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 is one that is so iconic because with turn the page, he's literally saying, okay, every day I turn a page and start a new chapter yeah. in my life. I don't yeah. live in yesterday. I just turn the page. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like, and, and you know, the, there's a weird story to that song. You know, <laughs> Alto Reed played the saxophone on that song. Now, Alto had been a member of his band for many, many years before that. But you know that's the first song that they really extensively used the saxophone on? Like that was the first, that, one, that was the first one Alto ever had a solo on. Well, and that saxophone made that song. But that saxophone. Exactly. Oh, yeah, that sax was smooth as chocolate, man. That, yeah. I mean, it was real, but then it, 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 it got you to a crescendo, and then it yeah. mellowed you out right at the end, right into hear Bob Seger keep going with his story. Yeah. Like, it was the yeah. beautiful contrast and it wasn't between supposed that to be saxophone there. and his voice. Yeah, and it wasn't supposed to be there. It was actually Jackson really? Brown. Yes. It, that was not – up until that point, they had never had Alto really be a major part. He was just kind of there to – accentuate certain parts of songs. And if you go back into Bob Seger's thing, and Seger is probably the artist I know more than anything about. This is my dad's favorite artist. I listened to this man front to back so many damn times as a kid. I literally just got sick of hearing Bob Seger, which is why earlier I said I could tell you that Bob Seger Nine Knots was recorded on April 27th, blah, 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 blah. Um, <laughs> Elton was not supposed to have a saxophone solo on that song. Jackson Brown helped write that song. And Jackson Brown is the one who said, you know, if you add this right here, the song is going to be a, a, a smash. And Bob said, well, nobody uses a, a saxophone solo. Which is, and Jackson Brown said, well, this is all the more reason you should do it. And it's so mm-hmm. iconic because it, it's. Jackson so Brown was absolutely right. <laughs> so, it grabs you. Know. you. That that yeah. saxophone grabs you in that song, just like yeah. Ian said. It it makes you sit up yeah. and take notice because all of a sudden he's telling this story and and it's like an explanation point at the end mm-hmm. of the sentence. Mm-hmm. Pay so attention Brown to what... is another artist who um, people don't give credit to. There are so many oh. Eagle songs yes. that are iconic because of Jackson Brown's contribution that he never gets proper credit for. Um, you know, a lot of people don't. Oh, Jackson Brown helped write. And Glenn Fry wrote Take It Easy, you know, standing mm-hmm. on a corner in Winslow, Arizona. Yeah, everybody knows that. But the, what <laughs> they don't know is Tequila Sunrise. Mm-hmm. He wrote that uh, one, too. The Dalton Gang, um, mm-hmm. uh, Take It to the Limit. All of these songs that Jackson Brown had a hand in writing because he was roommates with Glenn Fry and Dan Fogelberg. And a lot of the songs that Fogelberg was famous for, a lot of the songs that the Eagles were famous for, Jackson Brown had a hand in writing, or had a hand in, maybe not writing, but Glenn Fry would play it for him. And then Jackson would say, ah, not there yet, or yes, it's there, or it needs this, and then they would fix it, and then it would go on to become what it is. Tequila Sunrise, for example, was a completely different song before Jackson Brown got his hand in it. Um, So, you know, 
Jackson Brown. Look up Jackson Brown. I'm just disappointed y'all didn't bring up the best fact about Bob Seeger. I believe he's a fellow Michigander, is he not? Yes. Oh, yeah. Ann oh, Arbor, would you stop Ann Arbor, with the Michigan? Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> would you just stop? Hey, hey, there's two of us here. I'm connecting. It's Detroit versus everybody. We know this. It's okay. It's okay. Just let us connect, Yvonne. Let us connect. So, yeah, I'm going to throw a name yeah. out that I bet Ian may or may not recognize, and that's Dan Uh-oh. Fogarty. So, <laughs> it, no, it sounds familiar. See, and it's, that's why I'm kind of intimidated about this show tonight because a lot of people don't know. I do like like the Doors and the Beatles and stuff like that, but it's yeah. some and of it's the other. It's John Fogarty, not Dan Fogarty. Yeah, John Fogarty. <laughs> <laughs> Is it John Fogarty? I thought it was. <laughs> yeah. Dan, no, it's John. Uh, but see, I, I, I can do that because I'm, I'm old. I'm I can do that. Today. Yeah, because he, he was, I mean, John Fogarty was CCR, essentially. Um, oh, but Chris, then he became a solo artist. Um, Clearwater Revival. Yeah. Okay. I got yeah, you. Yeah, he was a singer. It's just a CCR. Right I would have got it. So, <laughs> um, but you know, even after CCR, you know, he wrote the song Center Field. And if you've ever seen Bull Durham or Major League or any other baseball movie, that song somewhere, you know, put me in, coach, I'm ready to play today. You know, that song is in there. You can't make a baseball Mm -hmm. movie without putting center field by John Fogarty in there. So, you know, I mean, yeah, another iconic songwriter. I mean, And then you you have George Thorogood. Oh, oh yeah. Bad to the bone. Bad to the yeah. bone. I yeah. need to pull that yeah. one out and play it for opening one night. Y'all are not <laughs> going to believe this, but we're at the five-minute mark. Yeah, I just noticed that. Crazy, huh? <laughs> it um, is. A plastic guy. I got a couple names that I want to throw out before okay. this is over of uh, new artists that I'm going to challenge you guys to uh, look up and uh, uh, discover, um, if you haven't already. Uh, the very first name is my friend Matt D., uh, who I'm pretty sure you're familiar with. Um, Matt just released his first major label record called Phantom Locomotive, and um, it is... Matt's always been the most brilliant songwriter I've ever heard in my life, um, but this takes Matt to a whole new level. Um, so look up Matt D., or Matt DeRizzo, um, and uh, just took up the record. It's called Phantom Locomotive. Um, you know, uh, if Dwight Yoakam, Marty Stewart, and Ray Orbison got together and recorded a record together, it would be Phantom Locomotive. Um, okay. So um, definitely that one. Um, there is an artist out of Ann Arbor as well. Uh, his name is Mayor Hawthorne, um, M-A-Y-E-R, Hawthorne. Uh, if you like Motown music, uh, he is a big, tall, white, geeky nerd who <laughs> has the most authentic Motown sound you will ever hear in your life. Like You'll swear you were listening to The Temptations again. Um, <laughs> but then you'll look at Mayor, and Mayor will be like, 
what is this big, tall, Alfred E. Newman-looking nerd? Hanging his butt off, man. Yeah, um, those two. And then a little heavier aspect, but uh, one I think you'll like um, is a band called The Lonely Ones. And uh, they used to be Boba Flex, uh, but uh, Marty's brother retired. Marty took over lead vocals, and uh, now they are a four-piece. And, uh, again, modern rock, but uh, some of the greatest modern rock songs. Again, if you like, you know, if you like, uh, if you like uh, anything like Creed or I don't want to say Nickelback. If you like anything like Creed or Seether or, um, <laughs> you know, any, any of the modern rock type of stuff, um, you'll like the Lonely Ones. It's big, bombastic, um, you know, like, I, I don't know how, I don't know a real proper way to kind of put the Lonely Ones over other than just to say this is four guys who were built to be freaking rock stars. Um you know, and four of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Again, I can get Marty to come on the show if you'd like, and uh, Marty will have you. Marty will have you in stitches. Marty is truly, truly one of the good guys in rock and roll music. So, well, with um, that, we're going to have to so, close because we are now at the two-minute mark. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with my co-host, Ian Bush, and our guest, music guide, Christopher Plain. Yes, we will bring him back. On Monday night, we have Jay Traveler Pelton, Arthur Artist, Crafter, you name it. She's a wizard. We are looking for more guests, and I know Chris is going to send me some. He's already given me some wonderful awesome. names. So thank wow. you, Chris, for being here. Ian. Take it home, honey. Okay, I'll be. I should have passed it off to Chris. Hey, Chris, you got some words of wisdom for us tonight? Um, believe in music. That's that's. I guess that's my words of wisdom, man. Believe in music. Uh, music is really, truly, at your lowest, at your darkest. Music can get get you through it. Um, you know, there's 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 a song for every mood, every moment, every feeling. Um. You know, whatever it is, um, country, rap, hip-hop, jazz, blues, reggae, it doesn't matter. Whatever your taste is, whatever you're feeling, there's always going to be a song. And if you need help with it, if you need a song, look me up. Uh, look up my show, The Noise Report. Uh, that noise is with a Z, N-O-I-Z-E. Um, just ask. I'll, I'll make you a playlist, you know. <laughs> and he <laughs> will, matter. and he'll uh, make a good one. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll, I'll make you the most incredible playlist you've ever heard. So uh, you just tell me tell me five bands that you like, and I will make you the incredible, most incredible playlist you've ever heard in your life. So, um, so on Monday night, join us at 8 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time with myself, Yvonne Mason, here at Off the Chain, and with my co-host, Ian Bush. And, yes, Chris, thank you for being here, and we will bring him back, ladies and gentlemen, because he is the music god, as you all heard tonight, and we will bring his <laughs> artist on. <laughs> he is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So thank until you. next time, keep playing the music, ladies and gentlemen, because it does soothe the soul. We all know that. Until then, yeah. until Monday night, we say good night.
With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.